this on Sunday, the last day of the NFL regular season. Um, <laughs> I guess to some people, the Knicks' uh, competitive portion of their season, at least, uh, ended last night um, as they uh, got, uh, I guess, the mop version of like what can happen to an NBA team. They got the floor wiped with themselves. I don't know. There's an analogy in there that I'm that I'm trying to work in, but it's just it's not coming to me. I'm still feeling the after effects of what was just um, an unholy beatdown in Utah. Um, and we'll touch on that game a little bit, but I have a guest on, and you heard him chuckling in the background a second ago. Um, he's someone that I've been wanting to have on for a while, and I wanted to wait to like the perfect time since you know for us to get really lubed up. That's the perfect analogy, I think, for, for this guy. Um, and, of course, you know him as Schwinnipoo um, of Posting and Toasting. Uh, Ashwin Ramnath. Ashwin, how are you, man? Uh, I'm good. I feel feel good. feel real thrilled about last night's game. How so, could you not? How could you not yeah, feel thrilled? There's a lot, a lot of positives to take out from that. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know what? I've never – I don't think I've ever asked you – explicitly where are you on the on the tank um scale like it you know if you had your druthers would you like lose every every game the rest of this year if it meant you know ensuring the first pick or i mean i i'm never i've never really like i i'm always someone that doesn't really care about tanking or not tanking um but i also like i i don't care about winning like if they win games that's fine as long as it's, you know, the right players contributing to those wins and not like, you know, fucking Ennis Cantor. So, um, you know, if it's if it's the young guys leading us to wins, that, that's a good thing. That means that they're they're moving the baseline uh, much sooner than expected, and that I don't know how that can be a bad thing. So I've never really been too focused on that as much as just play the right guys, um, which I think is something that has been a problem. The last couple months, I don't know. Uh, I I've not really been pleased with the rotations the last month and a half or so. Well, I mean, we want to bounce around a couple different topics today. I think that's probably as good a place to start as any. Um, I mean, for, just to follow up on what you said, though, I think that's probably. I think most fans fall into the same boat, which is like, if you're playing the kids and they win games, it's like, all right, great. What what else do you? Yeah, you can't do anything, right? Yeah, like, it's that's it, fine. <laughs> no, and, totally and I, I guess maybe the only the only distinction I would draw is it's like if I'm watching the kids and they're playing and they're winning games, like let's say for argument's sake he went back to the the starting lineup that we're all going to be calling for again before long, the, basically the kiddo starting lineup. And, uh, you know, let's say they ran off like a seven-game win streak at, in March using that lineup. And it took them from the first draft position to the, I don't know, fourth, um, which I guess in this draft that's kind of the line of, of demarcation because that's when your odds start to, to go down. Like, I'm, I can't, I will not be able to find it in myself to be unhappy about that. 
I just don't have that in me. Mm-hmm. But you know, but that's me. I guess I I can't blame somebody for feeling the opposite way. Um. All right. Well, you brought it up, so let's start with this. Um, what is is that the biggest issue that you've had with with Fisdale so far? Is the playing time distribution? It's not even just the playing time. It's like the lineups that he's using right now don't they they don't make sense. Like they don't. There's no balance in them. There's not a lot of complementary skill sets or appreciation for them. And then on top of the fact that I'm not really sold that we have any actual structure, it, it compounds it because, be, like, you know, there's coaching, so much of it is just playing the right guys together because you need complementary skill sets on the floor. And then, like, on top of that, you provide a structure. Sure, whatever, right? Like, the structure is to just kind of give a template as to how you want to play. But uh, I think most of coaching, my personal opinion is that most of coaching is about playing the right lineups and players together. Um, and, a, and a structure can either complement, like it can either enhance that or it can, you know, uh, compound your issues. And right now I think it's just compounding our issues because the starting lineup is, it's just, four guys that play offense and like nobody that's good on defense until recently. And I mean, Cornets, I don't even know if he's good on defense or not. He at least tries. He's there's um, effort there. Yeah. Yeah. And he, it's not even forget like effort. It's like, you know, he actually has some kind of presence at the rim where it doesn't feel like players are shooting better against him. <laughs> Whereas against Cantor, it actually, like, I, I have no idea. I, I have not looked up his, Stop. No, it no, it feels like when he puts his arms off, it's like magical, like pixie dust emerges from his fingertips, and it it if the ball were was heading elsewhere from the rim, it like diverts it back towards the hoop. It's, it's yeah, like like uncanny. he turned Derek yeah he turned Derek Favors into JJ Redick last night. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I just like Moutier, like don't talk to me about defense matters and we're trying to build this defensive culture and then start Moutier, Hardaway Jr. and Knox. Like, so wait, I want to st- st- stop you it, there man. for a second because I think there's two things you're bringing up here. I think there's the emphasis on, or I, let me rephrase that. There's the verbal emphasis on defense and whether or not that's being put into practice. And then there's the lineup combinations. Well, like, I mean, to be completely honest, there's no, the, the two things that he basically said, I think that you could generally say were very basic tenets of what he wanted to do um, on both ends of the floor was, you know, he wanted to be some like super high energy defense that creates a lot of turnovers. Uh, And then he also on offense, he was all about like, yeah, we all got to share the ball. We have a rule that, you know, you can't take more than what is it? Like two dribbles or you can't have the ball for more than three seconds, whatever, whatever it was. Hmm. And then like, None of that is happening. I, I like. I, I was talking to somebody about this last night, but basically, I think that it's pretty bad when you think like the first month of the season was probably the best we played, and I would agree with that. And we've just regressed since then. Like we can't beat bad teams at home or anywhere. We can't. I don't, we just can't do anything. Um, we're not stopped where our defense has completely fallen off a cliff, which isn't surprising given the lineups he played. But like, you know, it just, it, it, I said it even when he switched the starting lineup that I understood 
putting Moutier in for Frank because Frank had really been struggling that last stretch that he had been starting. And I understood that. And even if I understand why people get upset because like Frank has you know he has more years on his rookie contract, Moutier yeah. is a free agent. I understand all that, but like from his perspective, I thought Moutier had actually played quite well for his standard off the bench. He had, and, yeah. And and I think for general generally speaking, I think he's actually done a pretty decent job. Uh, offensively, at least, since moving into the starting lineup. So I don't think that decision was so bad. My major issue was taking Ro- Mitchell Robinson out for Cantor and then also taking out Dotson because, it, it, like, you basically went from a, if there was a, if the reason they were, they were successful was they were just actually really good on defense. And then you, okay, so now you're like, okay, I need more offense though because this is just. It's, we're not getting enough scoring. Okay, totally reasonable stance to take, but like you can't go so crazy with your with your switching of the lineup because now you don't have any continuity from your bench or your starters, and all of your start. It's just it's completely skewed the other way now, where like you can score but you can't stop a chair, and <laughs> and you're not even that good on offense. Like let's be real. No, not, no, 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 you're not. You're not even that good on offense because. All these guys, like again, like I said, complementary your skill sets. You have three guys, one to three, that need the ball. Like they need the ball, and they they're gonna like t- they're gonna hold the ball. They're gonna touch. Like you know, they're they're not gonna just get the ball and swing it, right? Like they're gonna get the ball and they're gonna try and do something with it, and then maybe they'll swing it. I don't think any of Moutier, Hardaway, or Knox is inherently incredibly selfish, but I do think that their games are a little bit more. No, it's they they need to be. I you you phrased it I think better than I could. It, it's their their games are are not predicate like there there's two types of players in the league: players that have value when they don't have the ball, and players that um, do have value when they don't have the ball. And I think all three of those guys are are not current. Well, Tim before he once again fell off a cliff shooting, you could argue he had some some um, value without the ball in his hands. But I don't I don't think anybody else does in that starting lineup. Um, so yeah, no, I hear you. Um, so you, let me just ask you this: Assuming Mitch comes back fully healthy in a week, you would would that be your vote? You would go back to the the starting lineup that was in there for whatever it was, eight or nine games. I would just go. I think that you need to. I think they need to shut down Tim. Like he's got plantar fasciitis. I don't really understand what we're gaining from him playing. Like I actually, I I do respect that. You know, look, he got like you can say whatever you want about the contract. But like he got paid, and it'd be really easy for him to just yeah sit out injured and You're right. whatever. But like at some point, you got to realize you got to do right by him. And him just saying like him wanting to gut it out isn't helping him. It's not helping us. It doesn't help our player development when Fizdale, for whatever fucking reason, feels obligated to give him ninety eight minutes a night, regardless of how he's playing. Like it doesn't help anything. So first, Tim's got to sit. He's got to sit for a month, six weeks, whatever it is. He's got to really rest it because plantar fasciitis is something that lingers. It doesn't – you cannot play through it and it gets better or improves. It, it just stays bad. Um, so that's that's one thing. The second thing they got to do is start DNPing Cantor for all of his bullshit, which we'll get into later. Um, I actually would not have been there a week ago, but given his recent moaning and whining and completely oblivious stance on why he's been moved to the bench – uh, I think it it would be extremely deserving to DNP him from now on, and uh, just so just keep Cornette there basically. 
and then I think finally the the other thing is Dotson needs to come back in, and I would move Knox to the bench. And I know that's or like I mean, really, I guess Dotson would just come in for Tim in the situation, so you can leave Knox where he is. But like, so Moutier, Dotson, Knox, Vonley, Mitch, until, well, until Mitch comes back, Cornette. When Mitch gets back, put Mitch in, move Cornette to the bench, call up Isaiah Hicks, <laughs> and you're tell Cantor to kick rocks. I didn't. Uh... I didn't catch is is Frank or Moutier your starting point guard in this. Group? I would just I would just keep Moutier where he is um, for another few games. If he keeps struggling, then maybe switch it back. But um, you know, also like Frank, quite frankly, until he strings together some offensive performances, he doesn't deserve to start. And like I know people will like. Do I think that part of the problem is what Fisdale is asking him to do and what the lack of structure in our offense kind of forces him into. Yeah, I do think so. Uh, but, you know, like even within that context, he's not doing enough. He's really not. <laughs> so I want to pick up on, on that quickly because you we you talked about a couple of different things that I find interesting. Um, anybody, look, it's, it's not a sophisticated offensive structure. I think, you know, it's not my point. It's a point that uh, Alan Hans said – or tweeted out. Actually, no, I don't even think he tweeted out. I think he wrote a piece for um, the Knicks fix on on his Facebook page about it early in the season, which basically said, "Look, if you want to get 19, 20, 21, 22 year old, 23 year old kids on the floor, um, especially in groupings that have never played together before, it's like you can't, you know, you're not going to run a Spurs style like beautiful game type of offense. Like you're going to run simple stuff and." I, I am not the X's and O's guy. <laughs> Anybody who's listened to me knows that. But what I see is an offense that is essentially predicated on high screens that ask the guards, whoever they may be, that have the ball, to turn the corner and drive the lane. And that is essentially going to be the thing that, that generates any other offense, whether it's you know a look at the rim or a kick out and then, a, you know, start to swing the ball from there. Um, you know, and sure enough, I think the Knicks, the last time I checked, they're like, I think they're eighth in the league in screen assists. You know, I don't know what that says, really. Um, yeah, I mean, see, like, I think something like that is just skewed by the fact that they run. It's like people are like, oh, man, and it's, a lot of people have been talking about, oh, Ennis Cantor, he's averaging way more assists than he used to. Um, and I think Vonley is too. And that's a function of the offense. If you're running, yeah. you know, 78 dual handoffs to start every possession like yeah these, these guys are gonna have you know inflated assist numbers and the screen assists are gonna look like we're some awesome screening team but i mean you watch us every night do you really think we're a good screening team no 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 no, no. i'm no, not we're, we're, no, no I, I i know you weren't trying to say that but like somebody just looking at screen assists would be like oh well they must be a pretty decent screening team. Like, no, no, and, and the other thing, team. the other thing I should say is that having a lot of screen assists doesn't necessarily mean you're a good offense because the two teams I believe right under us in the screen assist rankings are I want to say Cleveland and like uh, one one of the other crappy teams, maybe Atlanta or something. So it's not like oh you know screen assists equals great offense. I guess I I'm always I guess the difference between me and and most people are I try to think of things from Fisdale's perspective um, because he reminds me a little bit of myself. I'm someone that doesn't have, like, I'm not very smart. I'm not very good at anything, but I could talk a good game. Fisdale, 
I mean, as many have pointed out, including uh, Mr. Mr. Steele over uh, one of your, you know, one of your colleagues over posting and toasting. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it the fact that he talks such a good game gets under people's skin because the implication is like, if you're a good talker, that's all you are. Um, so I have a soft spot for Fizz. I'm, I'll admit that. And I'm just trying to think like, okay, I have a bunch of kids. I have to get them in some kind of a semblance of an offense. Like, to me, running a bunch of high screens, like, no, they're not great at it. But I'm, like, trying to, like, on one hand, I want to say, well, you know, what what would be better at this point? But then again, I'm not a head coach. Maybe there is something better that you could run with a bunch of inexperienced young players that I'm not thinking of. Well, like, okay, so I've watched enough of the Hawks. I don't watch the Hawks all the time. I don't even watch, I don't watch the Cavs all the time. Like, I don't watch these teams a lot. But when I have seen them, I think they run better offense than us. And, like, they're not – I mean, they're not playing, like – they're playing pretty inexperienced lineups, a bunch of these teams, and they just – their offense looks way better. Uh, even Phoenix, I think, has looked way better recently. And some of that, I, I do think, is the fact that they have Booker healthy I was, again. I was about – And they have T.J. Warren healthy again. And Atlanta who, has Trey Young. And I, I got to cut you off there because that is the one thing I keep coming back to. Everybody who wants this beautiful offense that for the Knicks to run something like that, all these teams have guards that can break you down at least a little bit off the dribble. And the Knicks, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, they have less of those players than anybody in the league, and their best ones are worse at that. Per- like they have the worst creators of any team in basketball. Like, okay, and and maybe that's true. that. I, I I would really have to think about it. I think it's well. They're in the bottom. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. definitely like oh, they're they're not good in that sense. No, one hundred percent agree with that. Um, but like, okay, so you don't have great guys that can, you don't have guys that are just awesome at breaking you out down off the dribble. So what do you do to help them? What what is the way to help them? Is but the way to help them? I think that's on, what is, he's but doing. Is, is, but is the way to help them to start Noah Vaughn to start Anis Cantor at the five? No. No, okay, so then why are you starting him at the five? I, well, he's not starting him at the no, five no, but, anymore. but he was for a month and a so half, let's, which is let, a total waste of time. No, you're, you're, I will give you that. It is, you're 100% right. What I, here's my thinking, and you tell me where where the logic is off. He had Cantor and Vonley next to each other, saw that Cantor wasn't working, moved into the bench for Mitchell Robinson. Okay, Mitchell Robinson was good. I'm, obviously, he was good because the team is full. I don't, they haven't won a game since he's he's been out. Um, but he was fouling a lot, and he was fouling quickly. So the logic. So at that point, I agreed that Mitch would be better served just for continuity's sake to like be able to actually have a lineup out there that survived for you know five, six, seven, eight minutes without having to send someone constantly to the bench after a minute or two with two fouls. So I agreed with benching Mitch. I think what I maybe would have considered doing at that point is then started Vonley at center and moved Cantor um, and kept Cantor on the bench. But then guess what? If Vonley is your starting center, at that point, Mitch was still healthy. Then if Mitch is your backup five, then Cantor gets no minutes. And then guess what happens? This. This nonsense from him. Now you want to tell me that they should have then bought out or waived or whatever, cut Cantor in the middle of um, November? I I said they should have waived Cantor last summer. I said that last summer that they should have waved him right then. Well, you because, can't do that. I mean, why? Look, I, why, can't, why can't you do? Like, honest question. Why can't you do that? If you know a, that, you're, it's a bad you know, look. If you know, but why? If you're like, look, 
we're going in a totally different direction. We're going to play a lot of young guys. We want to do right by you. We want to give you every opportunity to find a team where you can really showcase yourself. But you're going to get all your money. How is that? There's no way you can tell me that that's a bad thing. And if it's <sighs> such a bad thing, this is like, I mean, the Lakers literally kept Lowell Dang in like. No, I know. They kept him in hibernation seclusion. for a year. Yeah. They kept him in like seclusion for a two years and they sign LeBron they're probably gonna they'll probably get another star free agent at some point like it is not as bad a look as the only people that think it's a bad look are like Ennis Cantor's agent and his mom probably I like, that's it look I'm I, I know as much about the inner workings of, of the NBA and what goes on behind the scenes as you <laughs> I, you know I don't I don't have any great knowledge I will say a couple things we had Moak Hamilton on the pod and he we were talking about the Noah thing and the idea that could they have just sent him away for this year? And he's like, basically, you can't, you can't do that. If a guy wants to play, it's like it it will have ripple effects in the agents in the world of agents and like the you know the players they talk and all that stuff. It's like you had to cut him loose. I, I, th- I think could you have done it earlier this season? Yeah. I think you probably could have, but I think I think at this point with all the, I mean, we can just talk about it now because you know before first he got they should do it now they they should do it now because like before the what was the last game we played who did we get who did smoke the Bucks game right he sat for Cornette and he had some quote where he was like yeah you know I'm fine with it as long as 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 we win yeah yeah and and like not really like a very inspiring quote uh, for a supposed leader basically typical Cantor bullshit. Yeah, basically kind of insinuating that he's way better than Cornette and it's a joke that that's happening. Which is funny, uh, then, which is funny yeah, in then, its own right. Right, which is like just shows you how completely deluded the guy is. Uh, and then the second quote was after yesterday's game where he basically was acting like like Fisdale had committed some like war crime by benching him. <laughs> and it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Because the Knicks don't owe you – they don't owe him shit. What like he is? They owe him. They owe him. They owe him his paycheck. You know, yeah, exactly. Thank you. You don't owe him anything more than a paycheck. And if you think that they owe more than a paycheck, you're just wrong. I um, I I mean, we agree completely that that they should, you know, they should waive him now, um, or at the very least, you know, when when Mitchell Robinson comes back healthy. But again, it goes back to what I was, you know, just saying a couple minutes ago. The move then could have been to put Vonley as the starting center. That's that's what I want to see moving forward because um but but the other the other issue that I did want to, to touch on briefly is if they had done that and move Vonley to the starting center, then Knox would have been your starting four and I think as much as Knox is getting yeah, no, murdered, he's not right for that. Yeah, they weren't gonna do that. So then you have Zonia or uh, Lance Thomas is just starting four, and then that's a waste. So it's like I, all I wanted, the reason I wanted to go through that little thought exercise is like I get where the thinking was to move Cantor back into the starting lineup. It's not as absurd as it, the stats maybe make it to be on its face. But uh, you know, I, no. So I actually agree with I agreed with them moving Cantor back in the starting lineup, but it's like. He gave him way too long of a, of, of a leash at that point. That's fair. like, you, you know, you you can't. It's just it's ridiculous. Like you can't give Frank and Mitch and Dot six games. I think we went two and four of those games, and our defense was pretty good. And like, 
and two of the losses were at Toronto and at home against Golden State. Like, I mean, are we really going to act like that was a crime to lose this game? You know, whatever. No. But uh, it, that's fine. It's If you're going to be quick with the leash, you can't it, – it's bullshit to only do it with the young guys and only certain young guys. Uh, but, you know, Cantor gets two runs at starting center, including the last one, where he, wouldn't, he couldn't do anything by the end. He just stopped trying on defense again. When he first came into the starting lineup, he was at least – trying on defense right so i think you that your comment just now i think you nailed it and i i so every player has their own issues like frank it's been obviously the aggressiveness thing um trier at this point is uh self-awareness self-aware yeah okay (laughs) no i was actually trying to think of one word to to have an umbrella over all of the issues that Trier is now having, and I think that's the perfect one. Um, Cantor is it Trier or is it Trier? Trier are you just are I you making it? it? Are you no, being it's French a, about it? It's a mental block for me. <laughs> it's Trier, obviously it's Trier, and I I do it every podcast. Um, you know, Cantor, it's um, it's moving like a functional um, human being on the defensive end of the court. I, and this gets into the whole like overarching issue with this stuff and like the, the issues that people have with him being very hard on Frank. I think that I view his thinking about playing time as like every player has two sliding scales attributed to them. There's the sliding scale of effectiveness, how effective are you? And then there's the sliding scale of like, are you doing what we're asking you to do to the best of your ability? So it's like, let's take Moutier, for example. I think Moutier, the reason he got the start, as you said already, like his effectiveness was higher than Frank's effectiveness, even with the defense being not as good. And he was playing the point guard position about as perfectly, at least in Fisdale's eyes, as you're supposed to play it. Like, you know, hit the hole, like just, you know, don't think, just like act, like try to get to the basket and and go from there. And, like, Frank was on the lower end of both of those. And that's – and I think if you – I've tried to view every lineup decision he's made in that that prism while also keeping in the back of my mind, again, he's not trying to win games. He's trying to, like, grow these players and turn them into whatever he thinks they need to become. So I – that's the other that's like been my argument as to why like you say he's like overly harsh on Frank to me it's like he's viewing Frank in that prism and the sitting is like okay you're you're low on both of those scales i don't know how else to get you higher so you're going to sit and watch a little bit more than maybe you'd like to so like where where am i off with my my thinking cuz i could be way off and i just don't see it so i don't I don't even I don't think that's necessarily wrong. My issue is that the only particular position where he holds this standard to and seems to like it's it's just the point guards. It's it. It's the only position. Like no other guy goes from rotation to DNP in any other position for like I guess Dotson did once and that that's it. That's the only other guy. Yeah. Um or like, if you want to count like bums like Hazonia and Lance, but like, I mean, we know that they're we know that they're totally you will different. you will not besmirch the name yeah. of Lance Thomas on this I podcast. Will besmirch Lance Thomas every day of my life. Oh, uh, terrible! What did he ever do to you? He is getting paid. What is it? I, I what did Ennis Cantor ever do to me? Nothing. 
He exists. His 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 existence is offensive to me. Yeah, Lance Lance's, exist- Lance's existence. Lance is just the worst high effort player I've ever watched in my life. But he is the he is the model teammate. He's the model locker room guy. He's the model like. Pay me seven million dollars a year. I'll be a model teammate. You know what? I actually bet you would. Yeah, uh, I would I, be a great teammate. All right. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that, so that so aside. like, but like like, we're, I'm watching the game last night, right? Trier comes in. And is just doing bullshit. Like he's get stripped twice by Ingles because he keeps trying to ISO on him. Cause, probably because he's just saw some goofy white guy and he's like, "Oh, I can take him off the bounds." Yeah. Little does you know, Ingles is actually he's actually good. one of the better defenders. Yeah, he's actually yeah. good. And he gets stripped a couple times. Then he then he takes like these. It's like he keeps trying to prove how good he is. And I I mean he always always kind of played with that little chip on his shoulder. Which but is the last good. few games has been really bad since he came back from injury. Where it's like. He's just trying to force it so hard, and then, like, every time he drives, he's complaining, and it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Um, you're, you're not going to get the call every time, and the fact you keep complaining about it almost ensures you're definitely not going to get the call. So, you know, just stop. And then, like, but, like, he, there's no repercussion for that. He comes down, gets, you know, Frank runs some stupid set where he, like, Frank, this is another thing, Frank needs, like, he's got to realize Trier's playing an idiot and not just run down, call a play for him, and give him the ball. Like, you know, you got to realize what's going on here. Anyway, Trier gets the ball. One pass possession, another stupid pull-up. Like, he had, like, four or five of these possessions in the, over the last... And, and then he... There's no... There's no repercussion to it. He doesn't get his minutes cut. Fizdale doesn't pull him out of the game in that moment. So, like, what are you... Can really, I, can I offer an explanation? So, I think... Would you agree at this point that the biggest criticism that intelligent Nick fans have of Fizdale... Um, is that he his leash on? Let's say, well, let's say Trier and 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 Tim, uh, those two guys in particular, and I guess Burke, even though Burke's now I guess out again, um, his leash on those guys are too long. Could we agree on that? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, here's my theory, and I I agree it is a flaw of Fisdale's, but I think he is overly lenient for. Shot creation. I is that is that the word? I guess it is the word. I mean, but Tim I, gets a long leash too, like that. I think it's and Moody gets a long leash too. I think it's more than shot creation. I think it's a mentality of like not the Kobe mentality because I don't think it's like he wants guys that don't look to create for their teammates if the opportunity is there. But I think he's like, if you have the ability to, well, like you said, create a shot. And that's the best thing that's there, you know, on any given possession. Or it's maybe so, and that's where it gets into the issues because these guys are creating shots, and they are not the best thing that is there on many, many of these well, possessions. So, like, it doesn't. It's fine if you if you I shot creation is important. Like I've it's a ne- it's an, it is a necessary it, I've on, evil. I've said it on Twitter before. It's the it's the num it's the most important skill in the game. Like I don't I I'm I'm totally like. Like trust me, I, when I hear when I see Knicks fans on Twitter like acting like, you know, shining Kyrie would be the worst thing ever because he doesn't defend, which like it just drives me crazy because you can get away if, with being a minus defender if you're at a certain level offensively and like he's certainly at that level. But anyway, like I I get that, but my my issue is shot creation is important. I 100% agree with Fizdale. That's his reasoning, but like. The shot creation needs to happen in the right situations. Like, the right situation isn't 
with 16 seconds left on the on the shot clock when you're just starting a set. Like that's not the time to just you know I like break off a play, call for a pick, and you know either try and run some basic pick and roll or just ISO from the jump. Like that's not the time to do it. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of, which makes it very frustrating. And it and it, it is frustrating. And I guess he should have because I and then this gets back to the idea of the season's not about winning games. The season is about putting things in place for for the future. And theoretically, if they get better players in those roles, smarter players in those roles, um, it, it's going to look a lot better. And I, I get that you want to put an offense in place now that emphasizes like the like those that prioritizes those types of guys who could do those types of things because that is how you generate offense in the league at, at the end of the day. But he clearly his 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 leash is too long on those guys. Um, and I I if there's if his if he has a big flaw to me that's the big flaw. Um, and I I don't. And what so then ultimately where does this lead? This leads in like, all right, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to put Timmy on the bench? Well, luckily we have, as you said before, an easy out. Just shut him down. Well, like that's my my thing though too is, I think Tim would. I think if you benched him, I think he would like if you were like you're coming off the bench. He to me actually strikes me as somebody that would like take that as a challenge, and possibly like I think he would react in the way you're. Like that, he. I think you would get the reaction from him that you're hoping to get, right? Like, like not. He. I'm sure he'd be upset, but I don't think oh, that totally. he. Would, I don't think he would start talking about what he's owed in the in the media. I don't think that he would start being shitty teammate. Well, he's, I, not like, a, I, he's not a child. Yeah, like I, I think that he would get. So, to me, he's somebody that they should absolutely have. They should try that with him, because I do think that. Like I, I, I would love to see Dotson, Moutier, Knox, uh, Vonley pick a center, right? Not Cantor, but pick a center. Uh, and then I would also, I think, I think Frank and Timmy with Trier off the bench. I think that is a better combination than whatever they're doing now, because like, you know, Trier as he's not ready to be a guy that is hunting shots every time down the floor. No, like he, he. He can hunt shots. He's obviously very good at that. Um, but you want him to do it, I think, with as like the second guy instead of the first guy. Yes. Um, I agree. And so, and Frank is good in because you know he doesn't want to be like this high level shot creator. He's not even close to being that. Obviously, at this point, we know uh, he wants to he wants to create and like defer to others more, which is an issue he has to get over. But for now, for the time being, I think it would help him to play along those two instead of. Dotson and Trier, where I think it forces Frank to have to create more, which arguably is what Fizdale is going for. Um, I'm not sure that's the best way to bring him along, but it also forces, more importantly, forces Trier into like, you know, this role where he's kind of the the hired gun, right? Like right right off the bench. I just don't think it's very good. Which is uh, which is clearly what it seems he feels he needs to be at this point. Um, Trier, like, come in. It's like, all right, it's my time. Got to get shots in this in this unit. But like, don't don't you think he thinks that in large do, part because Fisdale is he's enabling that kind of behavior. That's a problem. And like, I don't like it because I think it sends a message to other young guys in the team. Like, yeah, if you want minutes, you want a bigger role. Like, this is what you got to do. You just got to like Frank took seven shots yesterday, 
And I would say at least three or four of those were just – they were bad shots, but there are probably shots that Fizdale was, like, happy with because he forced the action. I was happy like, with them. I, I mean, I'm happy with them in the sense that, like, it's good to see him that he's trying to do stuff like that. But do you real like, I just don't think that those are good – those weren't good shots. So they were just shots early in the clock that he's taking because, like, that's what he is now – being reinforced is the proper way to play. Off the off the top of my head, he I think he had two threes that he both missed, and then there was one. I think he had one mid ranger, one like kind of spin that was. Yeah, he had one. He had one pull up mid range and like a pick and roll. Yeah, and he had another one where he spun to the lane and then yes, exactly. it probably would have been a layup, but Cantor was there and therefore his man was there, so he had to take like an awkward floater and that missed. Then he had like the drive, which got called a foul, which was definitely not a foul. Oh, that was that aggravated me. Yeah, that um, was a really bad. That was like a really really bad call. And then he, I think he, there was some other miscellaneous shot in there that was a miss. But I just, I don't. It's, I, I know what you're saying because I do feel the same way as you sometimes. Where I'm like, oh, I'm like happy he's doing that, but it concerns me because I'm like, I'm happy he's doing that, but I don't actually think that's like a very good. <laughs> play you know like i don't know it's not but again it, 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 i know it sounds like a broken record but it gets back to the what is the purpose of this year and i don't pretend to have the perfect answer to that but i know the purpose of this year is like he's trying to toe this line between like no wins don't matter but at the same time we need to approach these games as a team with the mentality of we are going to try our hardest to win and i that's like a very thin line like, but to, like to then, try to walk. So, so, which then also gets to my point, like, if we're kind of trying to win, but, like, also development is really the priority, one, why do you take Frank out last night in complete garbage time? Like, for Burke, that makes no sense to me. Uh, if, I mean, if you want to give Burke minutes, fine. You don't need to take Frank out to do it. Two, if, like, you are trying to win games, then... Then, then it actually concerns me a little bit more because some of his rotation decisions and just like what he's trying, like they're they're just losing lineups. He puts out there so like he the Burke Trier shit that he tries constantly. Like that's I I can't remember the last time I saw those two play together and they did anything productive together. No, it's and it's, it's like it's bad. And it's like it's not. I don't. People always take saying stuff like that as like. You're hating on those players, and like no, it's I've not. It it's not that. Plenty. It's just. I, it's it's like that's just a bad. If it's Burke a bad is going to be successful, it's definitely not. It sure as hell is not going to be in that combination. Like, I it just not. I, I here's my two thoughts I have. One, in terms of like just to, to put a bow on like the, the the pushing Frank to do this, I agree with every person out there who's like when he has better talent around him. He's going like you're gonna want him being a distributor, um, and yes, obviously. But at the same time, watch any high level playoff series, or not even a high level playoff series, any playoff series, when one of the five guys on um, either of the teams is someone that the offense doesn't or the defense doesn't need to respect, they will like it gets absurd in the playoffs. Like watch how Golden State defended the Grizzlies with um when Tony Allen was on the floor a couple years ago. It's like they they literally pretended he wasn't there. Well, yeah, I mean, well Frank, he's got to get the three ball down. Like, yeah, he, but, right now, yeah. he, you can see when he's shooting like I was talking to somebody about this. Like at the start of the year when he was shooting, he was shooting like I'm not a shot doctor, right? Like I I'm not. Uh, but I have like a pretty basic idea of what you're trying to do on a shot. And like at the beginning of the year, 
you watch Frank shoot, and like he was elevating and shooting upwards, right? He was like he was shooting upwards. There was a lot of arc on his shot. He wasn't hitting threes that like they were just splashing through the net. It was yeah, no, they it was good. great. And I know that he had some shoulder issue, and maybe well, that still wears the the patches or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so maybe that's really affecting him more than they're letting on more. But like he's he's now he's back to like pushing out when he shoots. He's like he's it's it's almost like he's he's not getting his legs into it half as much, and so he's just almost like hurling it at the rim more now. And I think the ball is coming off of his palm again instead of coming off the fingers, which I know is like an issue that he was trying to fit, work on uh, after last season. So like I think there are just a couple of mechanical things he needs to fix, but he really does need to fix them. And like yes, I'm I'm and I, like Knicks fans also need to stop like you know look again yes Fizdale is not making his life super easy, but like. Like fuck, man! If if Frank's bricking open threes, that that's not a Fizdale issue, you know? Like that's no, just not he, a Fizdale issue. That, he, that's a Frank issue. It's on at some point. It, it it has to be on him, and it's like, look, the, kid, the kids got to make shots at some point. Um, there's no two ways about it. And and my I guess my overall point is like, yeah, it's fine that he's going to be the fifth guy in a I, theoretically. Who knows if this ends up happening? Who knows if they friggin' trade him next week? Um, but if he is still on the team next year and they have better talent around him, he is going to need to take advantage of situations, whether it's be by hitting an open three or you know driving if that's what the defense is giving him. So I, I, that's why I don't mind the pushing. And just for what it's worth, um, he is on, since the three straight DMPs, he's at 2.7 three-point attempts a game. He's hitting 37%. So it's like, it's not, it's not horrible. Um, it's but it's no, also, but, but it's not consistent. No, like, it's not. It's not consistent. Um, and and, and that's understand. fine. I'm not expecting consistency. Is twenty, but like, it's it's so halting and like, I, I don't know. It just it's like an adventure possession of possession. What he's gonna do? I get more annoyed when like he has possessions where, look, man, when Raul Neto is on you, like it's time. It's time to go. Yes, it's time to, to yeah. go. And like. Key, well, that's why as, I think he got benched after the Atlanta game. Like, people killed me because they're like, how, he had one bad game in Atlanta or one so-so game in Atlanta. And we talked about this on, on Twitter. Like, he had Trey Young and Jeremy Lin on him. I think that one DMP on Christmas was a, maybe a little bit of a message from Fizz. Like, listen, if you have these sad sack defenders on you, you have to make them, you know, it's, it's up to you to make them pay. Yeah, but, like, you got to send messages about more shit than just that, then. Like, why can't we send a message to Trier when he's doing stupid bullshit? Why he doesn't get, he shouldn't get a DNP for that? Like, how come you can't DNP or just immediately sit Timmy when he comes down and bricks, like, three straight mid-range jumpers I, well, with 16 I, seconds left on the I, I think like, if you're, you two can't, different conversations. You can't, no, but it's Trier me, it's should get a DNP. Trier, at no, this but, point, should get a me, DNP. It's, to me, it's the same conversation because basically what you're saying is playing time is the carrot. That's the carrot that he has to reinforce the messages that he wants as the coach, right? Like yes. he has playing, but like the, then if that's the case, then that needs to be the case for everybody. It cannot. And I understand that there's different scales for different players, but like, you're not even holding the same type of players to the same type of shit because like yesterday in the first half, you, you think was Emmanuel Moutier competing in the first half? Was no. he, was he competing? No, he wasn't doing shit. Was, was, Kevin Knox even attempting to fight over screens in the first half? No, not at all. None of these – was Tim Hardaway – there was one possession where Tim just let Mitchell blow by him, which, okay, that happens. Mitchell's pretty explosive. 
but he's just kind of like lollygagging behind him. I know, him the I know the, the exact possession you're talking about, and I made the exact same comment as right after it happened. Yeah, and it's like to me to to see that happen, and then to come out in the second half and have the same starting lineup. It's it's absurd. It's just it's not even it's not sorry it's not absurd, but it's like it it makes you feel like you're holding one player to a totally different standard than anybody else in the team. And it's because it's because of one specific trait that he is not exhibiting that you want him to exhibit, which is fine. But if that's the case, then you cannot tell me that other players are exhibiting all the qualities that you want them to exhibit. And that's why they never get the same kind of treatment. Yeah. That I know. To me and, is bullshit. and, and it, it, it gets back to the same thing. It's like, he clearly has like, if you play offense with a certain mentality, he has more of a more of a soft. I don't want to say soft spot, but he has more. There's more forgiveness there. Um, who knows? Maybe he decided he's going to take a, a tough, a tougher love approach with Frank because he believes in his potential the most. I mean, I know I'm completely projecting, and I have absolutely no <laughs> knowledge that this is the case. But like, isn't it that if you believe in someone the most, you'll be the hardest on them? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, maybe I don't know. I I've heard that too, and. I've experienced other sports with coaches attempting to try and do that. Allegedly, that has not been the case. So I, I never know. I sometimes but, I, just, I just think coaches are. I mean, I I don't know if this is an idiot. I don't think he's a total idiot. I do think that a lot of the Cantor stuff is decision making from above his pay grade, um, and possibly also with Burke, who is again I've mentioned this before, but he's. He's represented by Rock Nation, who also represents Durant, and we know the Knicks want to sign Kevin Durant. So, uh, you know, there are always angles to decisions that are less obvious to us than they are, you know, decisions for NBA front offices and coaches to make. I, I totally get all that. But, like, yeah, I, I would say I've seen enough from this point in terms of just a total lack of offensive structure and a complete. I don't know what seems to be a lack of appreciation for uh, defensive solidity in lineups at the ex, you know, because you're chasing after shot creation. Those things concern me. Um, and I don't know. I do think like there are mitigating circumstances because we're in a year where our, you know, our priorities aren't clear. And I think that there's potentially an element of like, we want to lose games at play here. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's hard to say for sure. Uh, it yeah. is, no, it is hard to say for sure. Um, I, I guess if I, if I was ever going to deliver a, a closing argument on, on Fizz's job at this point in the season, I would say that I, I, I he's not an idiot. There's a, like, he, there's a reason he was on the top of every, like, you know, uh, I forget if it's Pelton or Arnovitz put out, puts out that, list of like the hottest head coaching candidates like fizz was on like the top of that list for a few years before he got you know the memphis job like that's those lists are researched thoroughly like there's a reason people were high on him i think we've seen some of the good the team obviously this last night was not an example but i just sent out a tweet before we started recording this podcast Last night was, I think, only the fourth time all season where they were essentially like out of a game from the from Jump Street. Like they've they've been in almost all of these games into at least the third quarter, and then obviously talent could take over. 
So he has the guys playing hard, with the exception of Cantor. It seems like it's a tight-knit locker room. I, I, I think there's a lot more at play here in terms of what he's trying to do that maybe that we don't know. But again, he's not like we can only go by what he says. So it's like it's it are all of these critiques fair? Yeah, they're all fair. Everything you've said today is fair. I don't have I can't say that that you're wrong about any of this stuff. It's just all I want to say is like let's see 82 games. Let's see yeah. where we're at after 82 and then you want to judge him on the first year? Absolutely. But, okay, anyway, this is all great, John. Um but I have a hypothetical that I wanted to throw at you that uh I mentioned yesterday, but I didn't tell you what it was. Yes, yeah, so let's. I've been I've been waiting for this. So let's. Uh, yes, let's. let's All right. Let's so, end with the hypothetical. So since we're talking so much about tanking and you know trying to get the number one pick and all these kind of things, let's say the Knicks get the number one pick. All right, okay. Knicks get the number one pick. And why do I have a feeling I know where this is going? And you know, it's great. Everybody's already getting their Zion Williamson jerseys in order. And, uh, you know, then you get a little back channel from Kevin Durant's agent saying, look, we definitely want to come to New York. 100% we're coming. Uh, but we really need you to get AD. All right, you got to get AD. That's just got to happen. So you call up New Orleans. New Orleans says, yeah, we will do Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, and some filler. You know, I think it's like you need like six, seven million. So let's just say Lance's non-guaranteed year. Uh, whatever. Well, they wouldn't be able. I don't think they'd be able to. Tr- well, actually, it's it would be before July first. Yeah. So yeah, they probably could do it. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll do that plus that number one pick for AD. And and you know for sure that if you get AD, KD is coming. He's definitely coming. Do you do that? I. I mean, for me, it's well. I'm, I'm assuming that there is some, like they basically know that they'll be able to re-sign Davis at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. You, I mean, just assume that you've done all your homework and like you feel pretty good about this. You'll be able to build around KD, AD, and porzingis yeah i um i i don't think twice about that i i do it in a heartbeat i I actually think the better question is if the knicks get the number one pick they and they don't have that back channel uh communication from rock nation and they at you know on the night of the draft they're like yeah maybe we have a shot at durant maybe we don't who knows would you still do that deal um and let's actually even make it make it even tougher um, the number one pick, Hardaway Jr.'s contract, Lance's non-guaranteed deal, um, which again, I'm still not 100% sure if they, because I don't know what the guarantee date is on that, um, but whatever, filler, um, and Mitchell Robinson. For see, I would, just, I would just say kick rocks. Like that, see, like, I, like, this is my thing is, okay, so we can assume the Celtics are not going to trade Tatum, right? No, the the Celtics offer is going to be Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and three Something. three of their firsts. Yeah, but like they're probably none of those are. They're not going to be number one. They're not going to be the number one pick. No, right? the be, the best of those picks is going to be. It's like the, it's like the Memphis pick, the Clippers pick, and they have one more, right? Um. Well, there's a so. 
as of now, the King's pick. Yeah, the King's as pick. of now, they're going to get. Uh, it looks like. I my bet is that they would get three of those. That meaning that two of the Clippers, Grizzlies, or Kings miss the playoffs. Um, but you're still talking about probably the best of those picks is going to be the eighth pick. So eighth pick, Jalen Brown, um, Marcus Smart. I don't think that's the best offer. I think the best offer is going to come from the Lakers. Okay, so like what? What? Okay, so okay, so like I just said, the the best asset you're going to get from the the Celtics is Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, or mystery box picks it picks picks right like whatever those picks end up being and you know i always i always say this but like sometimes 11th overall pick sounds a lot better than like miles bridges i think was 11th overall this year yeah right like you know like 11th overall pick sounds awesome then once you put a name to it it's like oh well (laughs) i don't know so like you know that's that's one offer and then your other offer is gonna be the lakers which is gonna be what brandon ingram you see that guy andrew wiggins it's gonna be ingram and brandon wiggins who? Oh, Brandon Wiggins. <laughs> Funny. Uh, it's going to be, let's say, Ingram, Filler, and they'll probably throw in Kuzma. Okay, but isn't the number one pick by far and away? If Zion, like, it's basically Zion, right? Isn't Zion by far and away, you have this guy under team control for at least the next, presumably, you know, four years rookie contract. At least you're going to get four years on his next deal. Before it, the option it or something. is it is a better deal than either of those two deals. So like, correct, right? So like, my thing is, you, if they're like, we need Mitch to make this, they'll be like, okay, Tell them go f themselves. Yeah, like you know, you don't need Mitch to make this. Like you're gonna lose because you know at that point it's probably assumed that Davis is gonna be like, look, I, I I'll stay for another year, but I'm not resigning for this junk, right? Like it's not happening. So what do what do you, you got to sell to your franchise at that point, right? Like so that's the future. I don't like you. You really think that if they like, could you imagine? Yeah. Well, we didn't do the deal because we just needed Mitchell Robinson. No, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. So okay. So let's. You're right. They would. They would. The Knicks would f- want to force them into doing just the deal for Hardaway Filler and the number one pick. And then the question. At, but the Knicks don't get the guarantee that AD stays after this year. But. If KD signs, then you're almost certainly getting um, AD to resign. Do I do I do that? Do you do that deal? I've been thinking about this for a while. I still don't know because I like I think Zion is crazy good, and I just I don't know. I the, my my look. I, I'm I'm the Nick, I'm I'm also a Knicks fan that like. I don't think we should have any sacred cows in this team. Like, I think everybody no, I, the right I, deal is tradable. I, that's, and, hey, listen, it, Danny Ainge's philosophy. Yeah, and I don't know, man. Like, if I have KD and AD, I got to see where Porzingis is before treating him like he's but, an untouchable part of the court. But that's the other part of this is, because, you know, but like, I think I think you do it just because you would still have so many chips to deal, right? You'd still have Knox. You'd still have Frank. You'd still have all your other picks moving forward. You would still have potentially, let's say, you know, maybe Von Lace days for whatever reason. Whatever. You have pieces to move to play with. You still have Porzingis, which, like, ultimately is a piece, right? Like, that is a piece. Uh, but you have flexibility, maybe not in terms of salary, like salary cap space, but you do have flexibility in terms of trade pieces. So I, I still – I think – well, I think – it's easy to say you would not do that deal because, you know, you like 
to build through the draft and you want to put, but like if you're a real world GM. Yeah, no, 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 Ex- exactly. It, we, we yeah, can like all... If you're Perry, you can't, you can't, if it ever got out that you didn't make that deal, like you are, you're on the hot seat. You well, know, I mean, not, it's like you know. it, you're, you're basically turning down the opportunity to trade for, um, what is he going to be this? He's 26, I guess. Um, yeah. a guy. In prime star. Yeah. In prime he, top five player MVP candidate. Oh, like he, he will be an MVP candidate for the next five years if he stays healthy. Um, there is no question about it. I The only way that you don't make that deal is if the signals that you're getting from Davis's camp are that, great, we, we are excited to come play for New York, like 100%, we're all for it. We are not giving you so much of a, like, half of a wink that you are going to be in the lead to re-sign him next summer. Like... They, it'll, it's like, they're basically like, yeah, we're, we're going to, he's going to be great this year. He's going to love playing in New York this year. And then we're going to go ahead and test free agency. If you don't get some kind of a wink, wink, I don't think you, I don't think you can make the deal. What I don't know, and I should know this because this is not like salary cap minutia. This is, should be obvious. If they traded for him on, let's say June twenty. Uh, eighth, what or whatever. I don't, I don't know when the draft. Is. I think it, it, you would have basically have to do the deal draft night. I think. Yeah, but could he re, could he extend with the Knicks upon the trade? He, he could, but I think that what would happen is if he does the ex, the sign and extend it, you have to have cap space to do it. So, oh, like, oh yeah, that's right. But they could do it, but then it would take them out of the. Well, hold on. If they lose, I have to do some quick math. If they lose Hardaway's salary, yeah, would, I think they, they'd still need to. They would not be able to sign K, KD yeah. to the max, but then you just do something else to to get rid of Lee's contract, Lee. and yeah, um, yeah, you'd have to do it. You'd have, to yeah, do it. I think you, I think you have to do like. It's it's always it's easy to sit here and be like, oh, I wouldn't do it because I think Zion's gonna be awesome, blah, blah. but it's like, dude, if you're a real world GM and you can't. You can't not make that deal because if it ever gets out you didn't make the deal and Zion isn't like if he's not AD like you're, can I can I quote my favorite team. my favorite lawyer movie A Few Good Men uh, it it doesn't matter what I believe it only matters what I could prove um, <laughs> you could I could prove to you that Anthony Davis if he stays healthy for the next ten years is going to require retire as one of the twelve greatest basketball players to ever live I could prove that based on the evidence I have. I have absolutely no proof that Zion Williamson is going to be um, like I, I, any. You know, I mean, if he stays healthy, is he making some All Star teams? Yeah, I guess you have enough proof for that at this point. But that's it. Yeah, the the rest it's it's hard. There's a difference between there's a difference between very good player. There's a difference between like a guy that makes a couple All Star teams, a perennial All Star, and uh, perennial MVP, you candidate. know, a top twenty all time player, right? Like and like. You basically can't win a chip unless you have at least one of those top twenty guys. You need to have at least one. Yeah, of unless that you caliber of player. Unless you want to be the once a decade uh, Mavs uh, Pistons. Um, I mean, Dirk's know. probably a top twenty all time player. Just throwing that out there. He uh, he is on the lower. He's like, yeah, he's yeah. lower end for sure. But um, you know, he's like definitely in that. that no, he's in the conversation. Convo. But the Pistons, like, yeah, no, hunt, nobody on that team is sniffing top no. 20 all the time um, they're like the ultimate outlier that's a that's a good one that's a really good one i um 
I'm trying. Yeah, I like that. I, it's funny. I would. I would wager. I would wager that, like, if we put out a Twitter poll, you know what? We should put a Twitter poll out. Um, how many fans would would do the deal? But we have to add the caveat that if you do it, you could still get to max cap space for KD, and there is a um, and it's well, it's like it's like the assumption. The underlying assumption is that if you get AD, KD is hundred percent going to come. You know, like that's that's the commitment you have that he, he will come if you get AD, and then you know you can figure out the space whatever later. Those are like. Those are details, right? If you get two guys like that that are saying, if you get one guy saying, "I'll definitely come," you figure out how to get the space, right? Like that's, yeah. that's what they always say. Yeah, no, I don't no. think it'd be that. And it would. People act like the last year of Courtney Lee's deal is going to be impossible to move. It's just not. Oh, it's please. not gonna be impossible to move. Come on, you you uh, future protected second round pick, or sorry, future protected first round pick. If, yeah, and if, throw five million cash at some team like that. Great. That's done. That's done. No, I completely agree. Um, all right. I uh, am under the obligation to take my wife and daughter for lunch. Um, is there anything that we need to cover that we have not covered yet that is uh, urgent and cannot wait until the next of these podcasts that we will do inevitably in uh, a month or so? Uh, no, I don't think so. Nothing? I was kind of hoping you would think of something. <laughs> All right, oh, here- man. You got to gotta get get the wife and kid going. Here's, here's my um, – just give me a – Give me a quick prediction um, on. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw three out at you, and you give me your yes or no, and then and then that's it. Um, is Ines Ines Cantor on this team in three weeks? No. Is Frank Nilakina starting at the point guard position? essentially permanently for the rest of the year as of the trade deadline. Yes. And last but not least, um, we'll go a little further off on this one. Is Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, on this team opening night next year? Yes. Wow, you didn't take any. You didn't take much time for that one. Yeah, I mean, my man Steve Mills run the run the show. Oh, here, so. we come. You had to get that in there. You had to get that in there, didn't you? Uh, Schwinn, this was. I, I can't believe it took friggin' three months of me having a podcast for us to make this happen. That's embarrassing <laughs> on my part. Wanted to keep everybody on on their edge, waiting um, for it. Listen, um, I can't imagine anybody is listening to this that doesn't follow you on Twitter. But uh, and I say this as someone who has given Schwinn a ton of shit. And I will give him a ton of shit out there. Um, you are, you are. I, 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 can I say this? I want to say something. And I think I mean it. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. You're, you're my, you're my favorite uh, regular interaction on Twitter. Good to know, man. Yeah. Good to hear. Um, Thank yeah. you. If you're no, it's you're, it's you're one of the only people that's nice to everybody on Twitter. So. <laughs> Am I? Am I nice? Yeah, you're pretty nice to basically everybody. I uh, I see some of the men, some of those things you respond to in your mentions, and oh, somebody boy, told I, me, uh, no, somebody, one of uh, uh, a, there's this troll who, oh god, what did he say to me? He said every every Macri comment is Macri sucking Fizdale's dick. He actually wrote the words out on his on his. Well, I mean, maybe it's nice. I don't know. 
I mean, listen, to, to each their own. I'm not going to judge anybody for what they do, um, either behind closed doors or out in the open. But I thought that was pretty bold. Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, look, man. He put himself There's out no... there. Yeah, that's a pretty – that's pretty – okay. <laughs> just, <laughs> let's just leave that one out there. Let's leave that, let's leave that one as it is. All right, great. Uh, anything you want to plug or promote before we go? Uh, No, I think that's. I think that's it. Okay. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Um, thank you again for coming on. This was awesome. I appreciate you giving giving us the time here. Sure. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, John. No, of course. And uh, to you out there, um, <laughs> if you're listening to this at this point, that means you are still sticking with this team, um, which God bless you because we all deserve gold stars and, and cookies for that. Um, thanks for listening to another episode. We'll be back with another couple of uh, good ones coming up this week, so check those out. Uh, check out, of course, Next Film School. And, yeah, we will talk to you soon. Well, peace out. Give me a